Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. My name is Isabel Hook. I'm a professor of astrophysics at Oxford University. This week has been a major milestone, which is the groundbreaking for the European Extremely Large Telescope, the EELT. So what's been happening is that the top of the mountain where the telescope will be situated has been levelled with a series of explosions that allows a large enough flat base to be made for the telescope to be constructed. Why do you need to do this at the top of a mountain? There are several criteria for choosing a good site. One is to be away from too many lights from cities and so on. Another is to be reasonably high so that you're out of water vapour and turbulence of the atmosphere. So being above that and being on a bit higher up helps a lot with that. And you also obviously want a site which has very good weather, so many clear nights, no clouds, not too strong winds and things like that. And this particular site has been very carefully chosen to match all those criteria. So tell us about the telescope you're actually going to be building on this now level mountaintop. It's a really major step forward. So the largest telescopes that we have around at the moment of this sort of type are about 10 metres across. This one will be about 40 metres across. So it's really a lot larger. And that brings two main advantages. One is that it gives you a much larger collecting area. And that means you can detect light from much fainter and more distant objects in the universe. And the size of the telescope gives you another advantage as well, which is that you can produce much sharper images. And so we'll be able to produce images that are around 15 times sharper than we can get now from the Hubble Space Telescope. That really is a stupendously big mirror, isn't it? 40 metres. Is it all one mirror or is it a collection of lots of little mirrors which function as one giant mirror? Yes, you're right. You can't actually build a mirror this big in in one piece. So it's going to be built up from uh, around 800 smaller hexagonal segments, each about a metre and a half across. And they'll have to be very carefully aligned so that they act as a single unit. Can you focus each of them individually? Are they all individually movable? Or once they're in position, do they have to stay that way? They'll all be individually movable. So between each segment, there will be little edge sensors that detect the position of one segment relative to the next one. And then behind the whole thing, there's this structure that keeps the segments in place and has to be controlled both as the temperature changes, but also as the telescope tips over, gravity will change the shape of the mirror slightly and we have to compensate for that as well. And what sorts of questions will you be able to ask with this once it's up and running? Well, it's a very general purpose telescope. It will answer questions right through the whole range of of astrophysics and some really fundamental physics questions as well. The telescope will be able to observe planets orbiting stars outside our own solar system, the so-called exoplanets. The very large primary mirror gives us extremely sharp images and that will allow us to separate out the light from a very faint planet from its much brighter parent star. And really to help people to understand what the resolving power, the ability of this telescope to see like we haven't before is, can you put it in terms such as if I took a hair off my head, how far away would I have to move that hair before your telescope could no longer see it? 
I can't do that off the top of my head. Well, you can take a hair from somewhere else if you prefer. (laughs) Yes, exactly. What I can say is we know that compared, for example, to the Hubble Space Telescope, we should get images something like 15 times sharper. Um, One of the exciting things we'll be able to do with this telescope, we'll not only be able to detect very distant galaxies, but we'll actually be able to split up their light into its component colours by taking a spectrum. And we'll even be able to get a little sort of spectrum at each point in that map, which means we'll be able to watch the motions of stars and gas within galaxies, even at quite large distances, and watch whether they're rotating smoothly or still in some sort of state of turbulence from their initial formation. So it's really going to be extremely powerful for understanding how galaxies evolve over cosmic time. But something of this complexity must have quite a long build time. When will it turn on? Um, It's expected to start operations sometime around 2023 to 24, something like that. So it'll take about 10 years to finish the construction. And the price tag? (laughs) Around a billion euros divided up between the member states of ESO, which is the European Southern Observatory, and spread over something like the 10 years that I mentioned for the build phase. So when you actually divide it up like that, it's not too bad per country. 